De la patrulla de Minos de California. Weather headlines for today, yes. Welcome to the Revenue Generator Podcast, an I Hear Everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear how industry leaders integrate sales, marketing, product, and customer success into a single business unit with a common goal of optimizing their revenue cycle. We'll unearth how innovators integrate data, technology, people, and processes to expedite demand generation and increase recurring revenue. Sit back, tune in, and get ready to meet a member of the Revenue Generation. Here's the host of the Revenue Generator podcast, the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. Welcome to the Revenue Generator podcast, where we members of the Revenue Generation share solutions for how you can integrate your business to optimize revenue. I'm your host and the CMO of Lean Data, Doug Bell. And today, we're going to be talking about how to transition to being a data company. Joining us is Tarush Agarwal, who is the founder and CEO at 5X, which is the modern data stack as a managed service that enables companies to answer business questions without having to worry about building data infrastructure or bringing in the right data engineering team. So far this week, Tarush and I have talked about transitioning to be a data company. And today we're going to wrap up our conversation by talking about how tech businesses will evolve in the next five years. Okay, here's my conversation with Tarush Agarwal, the founder and CEO at 5X. Tarush, welcome back. I'm still resenting the fact that you're calling from Bali, but I'm going to get over it. But I'm a little worried we're eating too much of the elephant with this topic. So let's see if we can kind of pull a single thread to focus on. And yesterday we talked quite a bit about, or we danced around the topic of digital transformation. So is that really what we're talking about? We're talking about how businesses are embracing that transformation and how that's really going to change how people think about business over the next five years. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Doug. So first of all, thank you so much for having me on the show. It's such a pleasure to be here. Hopefully we add some value to your listeners. To get right into it, we've been talking about digital transformations. And I think, you know, understanding that digital transformations is really, you know, a phenomenon which has really happened over the last five years. And the digital transformations ecosystem is starting to evolve more and more and get more sophisticated. And what that really means is that, you know, for a long time, having a a sort of digital strategy or focusing on go-to-market itself was a competitive advantage because it helped you stand out from everyone else. Whereas today, the reality of it is that, you know, everyone else is really doing it. So it's less of a competitive advantage and really more so that if you don't do this, you probably won't exist. So where does this sort of competitive advantage lie? And really the competitive advantage is now really moving towards data and being able to, you know, use data to get way more specific in, in how are you attracting more customers, attracting more of your target customers, understanding your segments, and sort of personalizing your app or experience. And here we are. We've made the transition. We've survived the revolution as marketers. We have, as we talked about yesterday, a tremendous amount of data for data-driven or data-focused organizations, organizing it, understanding it, how to apply it, certainly all things that are out there in the ether that we're working towards. But here we are, we've graduated. And I feel like in many ways, we're in this place where we are held captive by some of the bigger platforms that are out there. And and the two that, of course, dominate my world as a CMO are Facebook and Google. How do you feel about their role going forward? How do you feel about those walled gardens and how they're going to 
change potentially over time? Do we think we'll see movement out of really being held captive by these folks? Sorry if you're listening in from Facebook or Google, but yes, you are dominating us a bit more than we would like. So, Doug, I think it's a great question. And I think we're already starting to see that to some extent, right? A few years ago, Google and Facebook were a lot more dominant, as in they were a single sort of stop shop for all of your analysts, for all of your marketing needs, where you would use their own tool, they would have their pixels, they would integrate with everything and give you a very sort of holistic answer. What's happening now is that companies have a lot more sort of data sources and it's becoming harder and harder for Google, for Facebook to really understand all of your different data sources and thus, you know, be as relevant and as contextual as they used to be a few years ago. So we're already starting to see niche tools, you know, which are either verticalized, you know, either for e-commerce or for sort of different use cases like SaaS, for sort of real estate, or, you know, the more sort of horizontal approach of like companies are being able to pull this data from these tools into something like the data warehouses and join data across the different ad networks, add this on with their own backend data and produce more sort of holistic end-to-end reporting. So, you know, overall, this plays into this sort of concept that macro platforms are starting to lose power. We no longer want one platform to go and do everything. You know, as consumers today, we much prefer a small niche provider, which can do one thing really, really well and, you know, move a lot quicker than any sort of big sort of platform. And, you know, I think the core example of this is, is a tool like Slack or Zoom, which really I just, you know, have been around for a long, long time, you know, on these large platforms. But having, you know, a, a sort of standalone application like Zoom, which does sort of video really, really, really well, much better than Google Meets ever did it, is starting to gain a lot more traction. So I think we're entering the sort of downfall of these large platforms. I agree. And I, and I have to say, on some level, it sounded a little you know, a little resentful of those platforms. Let's also acknowledge the tremendous power that they've given to marketers over the years and really have improved our ability to reach clients and customers. But at some point along the line, we're, you know, frankly, the data quality is not what we needed to be. And we're way too dependent on those sources. I'd love to know a bit more about specifically how you think the world's going to change with the death of the cookie. And in particular, I think we're coming up on the end of the cookie here, at least in terms of Chrome, probably about six, seven months from now. And that's really creating this kind of movement and shift back and forth between first and third party data. In this case, first party data is becoming really important to folks as this idea of third party data starts to sunset. How do you think that's going to impact how businesses function, especially tech businesses over the next five years? You know, I think there's some like first order consequences which come from, you know, which come from getting rid of the cookie. And that's just the way we've really sort of structured marketing without getting extremely specific. I think technology and tooling will really mask a lot of these consequences quickly. And, you know, by having different types of tracking direct, you know, more like sort of third-party tracking, eventually the impact to sort of marketers will really be in many cases very limited and sort of really quite dwarfed. So I think there isn't going to be as much of an impact as people expect just by getting rid of the cookie. But I think, again, the bigger picture over here is that we realize that we want to have 
changes in the way fundamentally data is tracked and shared. And I think that's more around privacy and that's more around really how we collect data and what we're allowed to do with it. And I think really the sort of the sort of cookie conversation is really a surface level of what's happening. But I think, you know, I see some like bigger regulatory changes happening over the next few years. I think GDPR, I think California, information protection. I think all of these were just small previews of like what is to come. So I think we're entering this point where, you know, a few fundamental parts of the DNA of the internet, especially moving into blockchain and, and you know, being able to track and anonymous users, you know, I think it's time that some of these parts are sort of rewritten inside a different way. And, you know, I think identity being, you know, I think someone's personal identity being so well weaved into the internet fabric and, you know, an individual having much less control over this is something which, you know, needs to be rewritten in a way where it moves towards personas. A person can have multiple persona, a person can have a shopping persona or a work persona or a personal persona, but they have the ability to sort of reset this and to be able to share based on what they're comfortable with. And, you know, very naturally, a lot of people will get a lot of value from sharing with better recommendations and insights and discounts, but a certain percentage will not, and they'll just choose not to take part. And this is really moving us from this concept where the world today is very is very binary, where you know you have two types of companies: one which make money by selling ads, and one which make money by charging sort of consumers. And you're either a company which makes money by like ads, you know, think of Twitter, think of Facebook, think of Google, or you're a company which makes money of subscriptions, think of Spotify, think of Netflix. And we really don't have any flexibility of like choosing, right? Like there's no paid button on like Twitter. There's no paid button on Facebook. And I think, you know, this sort of cookie conversation and data and selling and privacy and all of this ultimately is going to eventually lead to a model where we have more choices and really more flexibility, which I think in the macro will be will be better for everyone. And this idea of personas, being able to switch out personas, that's the magic of, of blockchain technology, ultimately putting us in a place where we could do that. And yesterday, we spent a little bit of time talking about machine learning and how it's falling short for many organizations, how we're over our skis, so to speak. How do you think that will change over the next five years? I think ML will get way, way, way more powerful, just like sort of software engineering. You know, a large part of early software engineering was companies getting tools to go to software engineering. How this evolved was eventually the tooling gets a lot better and you start having you, you basically start having frameworks which make it a lot easier and a lot faster to really build software. In that same way today, you know, we're really at uh, the infancy of machine learning where a lot of the ML companies are focusing on infrastructure and really giving you the toolings. I think in the next few years, this sort of framework level becomes sophisticated enough that for your common use cases like, you know, fraud detection for things like email filtering, revenue optimization, segmentation, customer cohorts, lifetime value, go-to-market strategy, the usual suspects, the frameworks are just very, very sophisticated and it becomes way easier for companies to do this without necessarily hiring PhDs. 
some legwork which needs to happen before that is sort of the data quality, data infrastructure, data modeling, reporting sort of needs to be in place because this is like a pyramid. If that's not in place, it's really difficult to do the ML parts of it. Well, I learned a ton today. Trish, really appreciate you joining us. I know the sun is just coming up for you there in Bali, but then again, you're in Bali. So thanks for joining us. Absolutely, Doug. Thank you so much for having me on the show. And I really enjoyed going off on a few tangents over there. Well, these are my favorites, Tarush. So thank you so much for joining us. Okay, that wraps up this episode of the Revenue Generator Podcast. Thanks to Tarush Agarwal, founder and CEO at 5X, for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Tarush or contact Tarush, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can reach him on Twitter, where his handle is I am Tarush, or you can visit his company website at 5x.co. Well, just one link in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to this podcast, head over to RevGenPod.com, where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our weekly newsletter, apply to be a speaker on the Revenue Generator podcast, or you can even share your revenue generation questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is at RevGenPod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is MarketAdvocate. And if you haven't subscribed yet and want a daily stream of RevGen strategies in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app, and we'll be back in your feed on the next business day. Okay, that's all for today. But until next time, keep cranking because the revenue isn't going to generate itself. 